You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 154, Tim Robertson, David Cohen. We talk about Google, video games, advertising, Tesla, a lot more. Check it out. And this is Tech Fan Podcast number 154. I'm Tim Robertson, and David Cohen is back this week. Hello, David. Hello. So, uh, I know you haven't had a chance to listen to the solo episode I did last week. Actually, the beginning of this week. It was a kind of a short episode. I talked about my uh, my Andar who passed uh, last Friday, a week ago. And, uh, yeah, it was different doing a, a show like that, but it felt... Uh, cathartic sometimes just talking it out is is uh, good to do it is so you're back from hong kong now back from hong kong hopefully for the last time forever well, well hopefully um we'll <laughs> you never know <laughs> you never know yeah it's you did send I've me a- that go ahead i was gonna say i've said that before saying oh, i won't be going out again then it's turned out to be uh false well, you did send me a picture of a new purchase that you made. I did. What is it? Tell us yeah, about it. This is a Nokia Lumia 1320, which is a six-inch, what they call a phablet-style phone. So it's a huge phone. It looked the pretty big in the picture. picture. Yeah. Well, I have my iPhone next to it. Basically, the whole iPhone 5 fits on the screen of this phone. <laughs> That's yeah. how big it is. How do you like it? Uh, I like it pretty good, actually. Um, I bought it because, uh, you know, previous listeners will know that I've got the the uh, 520, which is the, the kind of the cheap end Lumia that, that they do for Windows Phone. I use these phones when I'm traveling um, because I like to keep my iPhone. I, I, I don't want to mess around with it, and I, I certainly don't want to You pay the roaming charges that you pay with your, with your iPhone when you go overseas. So I tend to have another phone that I can put, uh, any sim into uh, and the advantage of buy phones in Hong Kong is they're all unlocked so you don't need to even worry about that that's nice um, yeah so I, I thought would, um, the 520 was fine but uh, it's quite small and I did find that um, I made a lot of mistakes when I was typing on it so I thought I would go for something a little bit bigger and when I started looking at the market I realised that this um, this 6 inch phone is pretty much the best value one they do at the moment now, a lot of the older phones are um, are, are quite quite old, and the newer ones they've done are, are a fair bit more expensive because they have big cameras and stuff like that in. So this was like a good middle ground, and and yeah, I'm, I'm really really pleased with it. It is a lot better to type on because it's so large. Yeah, that's one um, of the things I want a bigger iPhone for. Even the iPhone 5s that I have, I it's like my thumb got fatter or something. I just I yeah. make mistakes all the time thumb typing all the time. Yeah, so so this is good for that, and obviously being a Windows phone, it has um, a basic version of Office on there, so you can actually do some document editing if you want, which I find useful for business. 
Now, um, you can also connect a Bluetooth uh, keyboard to that if you wanted to as well, right? I believe you can, though I think that's going to be improved in the next version of uh, of Windows Phone 8, which is due any day now. So um, I've, not actually, I've not actually got around to doing that yet, but that's something I will be looking at. How is for. the upgradability on Windows Phone? I know with Apple, obviously, in the iPhone, it's very, very simple. You can do it on the phone, you can do it on the computer, and Apple controls the software updates. Totally different beast on the Android side of things that... It's almost all Android phones. It's impossible to upgrade the operating system because yeah. the carriers lock them down. So, what's it like on the Windows side? Well, Nokia have an interesting approach to this because they do a fair amount of customizations just for their phones, but all of their customizations comes to the phones as apps. So you get those out of the box, and you don't have to worry about them approving an update to the phone in order to support their apps and their ecosystem, which means with certainly with Nokia, and, and I would imagine this will be even better go for because they're, they're about to be owned by Microsoft, um, pretty much you know, not long after um, a, an update is released for the platform, then it starts appearing um, for the, certainly for the Nokia phones. Um, this particular phone is obviously not tied to a carrier, so as soon as those updates become available, I, I should start getting them. But the previous one I had, the 520, when I turned it, I'd had it in, the, in a drawer for a couple of months. I'd last used it before Christmas. Um, and when I sent it on before I went out to Hong Kong, immediately started installing some updates. Um, Is it push updates, or do you have to... It initialize that it, it no it's it's kind of similar to the way apple does it so it notifies you that there are updates waiting and if you don't action those long enough then kind of it will one night it will reboot the phone and, and add those on so um it's it's pretty good in that regards um i mean that's what we, one of the things i like about the windows phone platform is that it has many of the advantages of the apple platform and fewer of the disadvantages of android so, uh, I mean, trying to keep up with Android updates is a bit of a nightmare, particularly if you don't have a standard phone. If, right. you, if you buy, buy something that's, that, you know, is slightly off-brand or, or is a less well-known brand, then trying to figure out what you have and what you should have and what your phone's even capable of running is really, really hard. Well, Apple so uh, pushed out Mac o, or uh, iOS update uh, 7.1, Um Mostly UI tweaks, though. Um, and, and I'm hearing mixed messages. I updated, and uh, I don't know. H have you had a chance to really look at this? I, I know you've only been back for uh, a couple days now. Yeah, well, I did because my um, it was sat waiting for me on my iPad when I came back because I didn't take my iPad away with me. So um, my iPad had also basically updated, and I updated my phone. I like what they've done with the with the UI um, I think some of the changes they've made in terms of the buttons and the way things are presented, the, the call interface, for instance, on the iPhone is now different. Um, I think is a bit clearer and makes a bit more sense. So, so I like most of what they've done with it. Um, and, and certainly I am appreciating I've not had those weird reboots that you were getting with uh, iOS 7 before since I've updated it. So um, hopefully they've, they've fixed that problem. Yeah, I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of rumblings about battery life going in the toilet for a lot of uh, 7.1 users, though. I've not... Have I? Well, I say I've not noticed that, but have I? I'm looking at my phone now. So this was fully charged this morning. Uh, it's now down at 48%. Ooh. Well, I suppose that is probably a bit more than I would be used to. 
I've not used the phone that much today. Hmm. That's so. Uh, that's so a they significant could... battery drain quickly. I mean, that's yeah. That, that's what that seven is, hours. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, at forty-eight percent, it doesn't look like I'm going to get through the day without having to recharge it. Right. Because um, I would imagine it to be be down to twenty percent before I go home this evening. Um, so I, I suppose it's it's possible that that I'm seeing a battery problem here. It's not it's not so bad that I really noticed it, but now you mention it. <laughs> I am thinking that. That's one of the great things, by the way, about the um, phablet phones. Yeah. The, because the batteries are huge in them. That Nokia, I get three days. Of, wow. And that's that's three days of, not three days, just like picking it up every now and again. That one in Hong Kong, I used it a lot. You know, I was checking stuff in all the time. I was getting on my push email. I was making two or three calls, uh, you know, eight, ten-minute calls home during the course of the day. Um, and sometimes watching a bit of video in the evening. And, uh, yeah, three days before I had to recharge it. So that was pretty nice. That is pretty awesome. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would love that long of a battery life. I I haven't noticed too much on my five uh, S, but I did upgrade one of our discontinued. We're not using it as a phone. iPhone fours. Uh, it's basically a glorified iPod Touch for the kids now, and yeah. uh, it's the only one they have that has iOS seven on it that's capable of running it. And I did update that one, and I noticed that there's a pretty significant battery drain on it uh it was completely recharged this morning i let cole play with it in the car uh while we were driving to and waiting for the bus uh so he can get on the school bus and when i got home and remember this is 20 25 minutes tops round trip yeah when i got home i looked at the phone and i noticed that the battery was already at like 66 percent and i thought whoa wait a minute here and I looked. Bluetooth is not turned on. Wi-Fi is, but that shouldn't that shouldn't make a big difference. Um, and I looked at the apps he was playing, and there were just some common games that he's been playing on that same iPhone for a long time. And so that's pretty significant, I think. I mean, yeah, that doesn't sound good. No. So, I mean, the thing I'm going to do now now you've mentioned this is I'm going to try doing a hard reboot on my phone and see whether that's that helps at all. Yeah, sometimes because sometimes that can that can make a change if something's running in the background that's kind of running away with it. The problem is, I mean, we we get this this complaint now pretty much every time Apple does any sort of iOS upgrade, and it's hard to know whether it's the iOS operating system itself or an app you've got running that just isn't working well with the new system and is in fact running away in the background. Yeah, it is hard to track those down, but Apple's been pretty good about pushing out, you know, point zero releases if you know what i mean like 711 to fix yeah. some of the stability issues with uh, with power consumption they've been pretty good about that usually you see that within a week or two uh, up to three weeks i guess from apple and that's pretty good response time all things considered yeah and yeah, definitely. Um, i'm i'm hoping that you know it's not a widespread widespread problem but i have been reading a lot online but you know how that is i mean if well, it's an problem, echo chamber, gonna, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're just going to hear about it more there than anywhere else. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting nonetheless. Um, a lot of things have been going on, but it, it, most of it for me is about <laughs> just I've been so busy for the last couple weeks. To be honest, um, it seems like I'm running you know one meeting to another to. Uh, you know, like my relative passing last week, uh, and 
I had to go to a, a wake this week, and uh, we actually had a little bit of fun there. We I got together with uh, an uncle and uh, a cousin of mine, my uh-huh. uncle Patrick and my cousin Misty. Now, Uncle Patrick last week had found some old pictures, and he posted them on Facebook. And uh, uh, quite a few of them were me in 77, 78. And uh-huh. I look at them, and of course, I have no memory of that stuff. I remember yeah. a few of the clothes I was wearing, and I remember the setting, but I don't remember when the picture was taken or anything. But one of them caught my eye. It was my Uncle Patrick, who at the time was like 16, uh, holding my cousin Misty uh, and from behind, and I'm holding her leg, so we're... You know, we're both facing the camera, all three of us, but we're holding her up. So yeah. at the family reunion, we recreated that picture. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of funny. And in fact, David, you, if you were friends on Facebook, so you can actually go to my Facebook page and see it. But uh, yeah, You know that's not happening. <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, doing fun stuff like that with photography, um, somebody mentioned i i can't remember what they called it let me look it up here because i didn't know there was a thing for this what awkward family photos.com no 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 it's when you uh let me see it's when you redo a picture Um, yeah on on awkward family photos a bit yeah they've been they've been doing some remakes of some of these uh it's a similar sort of thing, you know. They they recreate the hairstyle and they, they wear the same clothes that they were wearing, and you know, particularly if somebody's got a, he's got he's got, got a yeah. Uh, I'm a just mullet? looking at the site. Yeah, you know, the mullets, or or they're wearing something odd, or they've got a funny expression. They kind of re, re, recreate that. There's a, there's a picture here on the front page of this family, like you know, they're, they're, they're sat by the, the pool, and it's called awkwardfamilyphotos.com. Uh, they're set up by the pool, and the dad's got got one of those neck braces on. You know, when you've had a whiplash accident, and he's just sleep by the pool with it on. It's yeah, yeah, I see it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I was trying to. Uh, now, did this site play a video for you when you went there? It's trying to. Yeah, this is a, a Jeep ad. I have to say, yeah. I'm getting really, really tired of visiting websites where a video will drop down from the top of their of the web browser and just cover up all the content. And most of them you can, ha- there's a little box that says, you know, close this. But increasingly I'm seeing the same thing, but you can close this ad in 15 seconds and then it's yeah. a little countdown. I am getting really tired of video advertising on websites that autoplay. I'm getting really, really tired of it. Well, and it's sites know, we, like that that I'm starting to take out of my bookmarks. I'm not going to go to them yeah, anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I, I used I to go to uh, ain'titcool.com. I loved that site for years and yeah. years. They've got an annoying ad that keeps popping up. And I finally just took them out of my bookmarks. Enough is enough. If this Look, I understand as a content creator myself, well, you I want to make I, money, but you can't annoy your, your readers. Well, exactly, uh, and it, it's these. It seems to be that the web advertising has gotten more aggressive again. It it died down for a few years, and now now it started coming back again with this stuff where they hide the close button, or you yep. can't use the close button, popping up, taking the entire site up um, to to show you something which you're not particularly interested in, 
the ones I hate, particularly the ones where it's not even advertising, it's like a survey. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, site, I, what, I, people as well who link, to, who link to content, and when you try and get to it, they either want a registration or you've got to go past a paywall. There's a, just, there's a touch of modern that keeps showing up as a suggested thing in on Facebook. In other words, it's, it's an advertising. And yeah. there's been a few things that I thought, that's kind of interesting. So I click it. It goes to their website. And I can't do anything. you got to sign up to view their website. And I thought, are you daft? Are you that stupid where you would prevent me from even seeing your website unless I give you my information? You're dumb. And I even left a message yeah. a couple times, and uh, any time it popped up in my feed, you have a dumb website that I can't look at without giving you my private information. Go f off, that kind of thing. Just yeah. ticks me off, you know. Don't don't. That that's the dumbest business plan I've ever heard. That'd be like you yeah. trying to walk into a store, and I'm sorry, we have to see your ID before we let you come <laughs> in and shop. And, oh, and, oh, and not only that, I'm yeah. going to photocopy your ID. Yeah, or or you, as soon as they come and say, "Oh, we need cell, your cell phone number before you come in here." Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and and it's not because they're using that as some sort of control or gate. It's purely because they want to spam you with advertising. Absolutely. That's that's all and it is. God forbid that you should look at content, even content when they're trying to sell you something. Because Touch and Modern is a site where they're they're trying to. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a Groupon, isn't it? They're trying to sell you stuff. I don't know. I can't go there and look at it. Well, well, that's that's kind of... I've just gone to it. It's daily sales of modern designs up to 70% off retail. Right. So basically, it's a, it's an aggregation of, of selling you stuff. Uh, and so it's not even like it's free content that they need to protect or the deal is, oh, well, you, if you want the content, you've got to register. This is purely um, for marketing purposes. Yep. <laughs> Now, there's a website out there called Bug Me Not, and it's been around for a long time. And when you come across sites like these, somebody will register. They'll create a fake Google uh, email so they can respond to the, you know. And then they'll post that login information on Forget Me Not. Yeah. So if you go to one of these websites and you don't want to register, go to Forget Me Not, search for it. You'll find the login information on it. And they'd even have a thing that, you know, you can vote to see if it was successful or not. And you can use that to log in. I've done that on a few sites in the past. Um, yeah, but I don't even I, bother that anymore. It's just if you want information like that before I can even look around, you're gone. You're done. Yeah, you've got to be, you've got to be desperate to get the content um, because there's enough stuff out there on the Internet now that most of the time I just go, oh, well, you know, that's not for me. Yep. Yeah, I guess you didn't want to sell me anything because. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm the same way. I, I'm tired of it. It needs to change. And I think that the companies that, not only the companies that are advertising like this, need to be uh, punished as far as you're not going to get my business, but the websites that are using this advertising, you're not going to get my eyeballs on your website anymore. Your content now is less valuable because of this advertising. Because I'm not coming the back. The problem is, is that unfortunately. You and I are probably the minority. I no, I don't think so. I think most people are just sick and tired of it. They I think most people are sick and tired of it. They, yeah, they just don't. They just put up with it, though. I, I don't think many people are actually moving away from these sites. I think they're just sighing and then rolling their eyes and then getting on with it. It's um, becoming even egregious on mobile gaming. 
Uh, you know, I reviewed, I don't know, a couple months ago, Tiny Death Star. Yeah. Uh, I still play it. I still, still building my stuff in there. Uh, I launch it like twice a day and I'll stock all the little stores and do all the little things and then turn it off. Takes maybe five minutes, right? Uh Now they have in-app advertising, which I get. It's a free game. Fine. Except for these in-app advertising are video. And they allow you to skip it, it, except here's the thing. They put it up way up in the corner. And the skip button is maybe one shade lighter than the complete black of the screen itself. So it's almost impossible to see it. And... You know, I understand that they have to to make money when they make these games. I get it. But you got to do it in a way that simply doesn't aggravate and annoy people. Because if that's your business model, then you know what? Just go out of business. Uh, and, the, the, of course, what the problem for the, for the developer is that sometimes they don't control what ads are coming up on their software. They sign up for an advertising service. And they put the links into their code so that the ads are pushed to your device. But they don't necessarily control what those ads are or how they work. Um, so there's, that's not even assuming the developer kind of has a, has knowledge of that. But also, any time you're trying to use some sort of clever trick to try and discourage people from doing the automatic thing of, of clicking through it, clicking off or whatever, to me at that point you've lost... You've lost you know, anybody who's struggling to find a close button right if that, if that's how is those are the tricks you have to resort to you might as well just pack up and go home right because you're not helping because nobody yourself no, well yeah you're, you're not you're not helping your advertiser you're the person you're selling advertising for there either no and you know it's not the companies themselves that are making these ads they're using outside companies yeah and those are the companies that need to be shut down you know these big advertising companies like jeep and disney Disney's the one that's pushing out these uh, ads on Tiny Death Star, which, mm-hmm. you know, they own Star Wars brands, so I get it. But, man, if this is the way you're being represented, you're starting to give your company, your brand, a very bad image. And that's going to come back to bite you in the you-know-what eventually. It just will. Because people are going to start associating your brand with that kind of deceptive advertising. Or annoying advertising. Yeah. This uh, what what's going on with this does kind of remind me of some of the things we've seen in the past. I'm thinking about the video ad crash of the early '80s and yeah. the dot com boom, uh, and when the bubble burst in that as well. Whereas you you do get this thing where it becomes so successful and it becomes so ubiquitous that marketing and business operations start assuming they can do pretty much what they want. Uh, and any time anybody complains, they just kind of ignore the complaint. Uh, they they assume their background noise or it's just a minority and that sort of thing. And they do what they want. And then all of a sudden, the, an entire industry implodes because as a, as a, as we reach a collective tipping point where people says, no, we're not going to do this anymore. All of a sudden, they stop buying. Yep. And then all these people go look around and go, oh, you know. And they talk, I mean, even the terminology, you know, the video game crash, the dot-com bubble burst. They talk about that those even those terms imply that it's some external force that you know right. kind and of it was, it was a hurricane, it was a tornado, right? It was something we couldn't predict, and and and, and it was it always our greed. Fault. And in fact, it was their fault. Yeah, it was greed. It yeah. was greed, and that's how it always happens. The the here in the United States, the housing bubble burst because of greed, because people got greedy, big companies, and they were giving mortgages to people who they knew for a fact 
couldn't afford it. And then they were betting against the fact that they would default. So they were in a win-win situation and they were greedy. Video games. Atari got so gluttonous in being the most popular video arcade game out there for the home that they were just releasing the worst video games imaginable, assuming that people, kids, would just buy it because it's so popular. And eventually, yeah. even kids were like, ugh, this is junk. I don't want this anymore. And it took a company like Nintendo with the NES and great games to save the industry. The internet. People are going to buy all this crap, these these dog treats online. And, you know, we don't actually have to make money immediately. We can we could run in the, in the red. And we'll just have investors pay for everything because eventually we'll make money. It doesn't work that way. You know, tried and true business practices are tried and true because they work. You can't reinvent yeah. something. And if you if all you do is put greed at the top, you're going to fail. It's just the way it is. We don't like greed as a society. We just don't. Anytime we see something really greedy, we don't like it. And and we I shun think, it. Yeah, I think the the whole. Um, advertising supported and in-app purchase supported video games on mobile devices is is exactly that sort of bubble. I agree. I think I think there there will come a backlash when all of a sudden people will say, you know what, we don't want this anymore. We want to pay some money and get the software. And then once Pe we've paid, we expect yep. to to use the software. People are always willing to pay for quality, and they're even more willing to pay not to be bothered. They just are. Yeah. If there's a if there's a video game that it's look we're at the height of this right now where a lot of game developers are making more money by the in ad than they are selling apps and the difference between an app being downloaded and played when it's free compared to when it's even 99 cents is astronomical but there is going to come a tipping point people are going to get sick of this I mean another parent group is now suing Google over in-app purchases in the Play Store. I mean, same thing happened against Apple. Yeah. Now they're going after Google. Yep. People are getting tired of this. They're just I, getting I, tired I, of it. I went to fire up a game before. It's one of the, um, you know, one of the Marvel games that it's it's kind of. Uh, have you ever played Jetpack Joyride? Yeah. Where you're running along and you kind of, yeah. it's kind of like that game. But it's, it's got an the Marvel runner. characters. In it. Yeah. yeah. It's got the Marvel characters in, it and you switch between Thor and the Hulk and all this sort of thing. It's a fun game. Now where I was, I didn't have any. Um, I didn't have any network connectivity. I couldn't run the game. Yeah, because it can give sits you an there, ass. sits there, and then it goes. You have to be connected to the internet to play this game. Right, because they have that. to serve you an ad. I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, screw that. Delete. I deleted it straight yep. away. Yeah, because I. I don't. You know what? There's plenty of. Other, I have so many. So many games on my iPhone. I've never played or haven't played for ages. I don't need it, so I just deleted it. Yep. You know, I, it's, it's ridiculous that you've got a handheld device that you always have with you, and then they, they turn around and say, oh, you've got to connect it to us in, in order to run, your, run the game. That's right. Absolutely ridiculous. Using bandwidth that you're paying for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's coming out of my data allowance. Right. Oh, I, I don't think so. You're going to annoy me and I have to pay for it? Mm. No. Delete. Yeah. yeah it's sickening. It, it needs to change. And you know what's going to happen. Uh, when this bubble finally bursts, and I hate that analogy, but it's going to be that's what it's going to be called the mobile gaming bubble burst. Um, they're going to talk about is games dying? Do people still want to play mobile? 
look at all these people that were laid off. EA is shrinking now and this, that, and the other. And they're going to blame gamers. And they're going to point the finger at the wrong areas. Well, people are getting tired of playing video games on mobile devices. No, they're not. They're tired, tired of being treated like cattle. That's what they're tired of. Quality will always win. Video games are not going anywhere. But the business models that are being employed right now will eventually go away. And let's only hope that whatever replaces it is better than what we have right now. It ha- it don't almost yeah. have to be. <laughs> you know, pay us so we'll stop ever or so we'll stop annoying you. Those kind of games, that type of software, they never do well long term. At least I don't think so. Do you? No, I don't think so. I've, I think um, you you can surf away for a while. Um, but then off and then if and then everyone's kind of wants to there's almost a scramble to exploit that as quickly as possible because I think even the business people know that it's a fad it won't last sure you know, look at look at um the thing it always reminds me is do you remember a few years ago all those guitar hero and <laughs> rock band games they were yep. huge they were making millions and every the launch of everyone was a big event and all that sort of thing when's the last time you heard of any of those no they're, they're all, all gone, gone. There is They're one now, gone. but it's not the popularity just isn't there. Yeah, exactly. Whereas you know those were the thing. Yep. And uh, and now they're gone, and um, that's the nature of the business. When when what you do is you pile in to uh, to just try and exploit a fad, or um, you know I I saw one the other day. I downloaded a game that, um, that I always look through the lists that come up on Touch Arcade every Thursday when all the new games come out, and anything that kind of interests me uh, i kind of look at but um, and particularly you know if, if it's low cost or free which means the, the barrier of entry is is low it's always worth a look i downloaded a game called the float and just from the description and the kind of the screenshots and everything it looked like the sort of game i like which is i like those um those ones where you're kind of in a mining ship and yeah, yeah. you're flying flying around picking up stuff and um, trying to avoid the rocks and that sort of thing. Now, when I started the game up, I realized quickly it was nothing like that at all. What it basically was was Flappy Bird. Uh, but instead of instead of columns and a bird, it was a spaceship and rocks. And I, I, I must admit, I was kind of... I kicked myself for falling for it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then I looked at it and I thought, how lazy is this? It, you know, the, it, it's exactly the same game. Yeah. Uh, and except with different graphics. And, I, and I, that kind of got me thinking on this same thing. about here we have people who put effort into, you know, basically produce shovelware. Yeah. Because they think, oh, everyone looks this other game, so we're going to get this But sort that's of game. always been the case with video games. I mean, when Pac-Man came out, the immediate two years afterwards, every arcade game that was coming out was some kind of a eating something in a maze. I mean, that's always going to be the case. Don't you think? That's always well, the case. I just, yeah, I, I just, why why is, I just wonder why nobody's thinking, well, okay, what what is it about Flappy Bird that was so popular and how can we improve on it? Rather than just copy it with different yeah. graphics. Well, no. yeah, I. there's going to be a burst. We all know that. Uh, I just hope whatever comes next. You know, the other type of advertising that's really bothering me on the web, David, is I'm in the middle of reading an article on a website, and the whole entire website goes away, refreshes, so it can present new ads. 
Have you had that happen to you yet? I've not. I've not seen that one. But then I don't read a lot of things directly on websites. I read them via RSS. Yeah, I've seen so, it, and it, I tend. It was very very rare, but I've noticed in the last maybe six months, maybe a doubling of those, and I think that's a troubling trend. If I'm in the middle of reading something, don't take the content away from me, so you could present some more ads at me. That's almost like a commercial break for a website. And, uh, that's, that's really, really bad. I mean, it's, you know, I was talking to you uh, a couple weeks ago that I was watching stuff on the Xfinity website, Comcast, and it's on demand, but they keep throwing the ads at me and they were throwing the same ad over and over and over. Imagine that now, but reading articles, it, that's, it's terrible. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. It'd be madness. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and uh, we're going to come back and uh, talk about something that Google just did that I actually really like. We'll be right back. Hey, guy. There's a new podcast out. Great. What's it about? Let's Talk Apple. Well, yeah, we will. We will. But uh, what's the podcast called? Let's Talk Apple. Okay, if you want to. Uh, Rainier, Silken, Gold Rush, Pippin. What are you on about? I'm talking Apple. Huh? That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Us talking about apples? Well, there we go again, tangentially, as usual, moving off topic. Did you know Bart Bouchotts has a new podcast out? Yep. Let's talk Apple. Oh, jeez. Back here, tech fan number 154. I'm Tim Robertson. He's David Cohen. We would love to hear from you guys. You could send email to us both, uh, either Tim or David, at techfanpodcast.com. Um, and thank you, by the way, uh, I did get some email about last week's show. Um, and it was all pretty much the same that they, uh, they respected how I, you know, how I talked about it and, and, uh, some condolence emails. And I really do appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you guys. We'll read feedback right here on the show if it's appropriate. And you can also go to the tech fan website, techfanpodcast.com. And leave comments right there on the show page, and uh, we'll read them here on the the podcast. I'd just like to encourage our listeners, if you feel like sending us inappropriate feedback, please do so. We won't read it on the show, but I'm sure it'd give us a kick. <laughs> it would. Um, I don't know if you've seen this yet, David, or not, but Google just updated dated their uh, Google Drive. And what they did was they slashed prices. And I think yeah. this is a really good thing. Kind of ticks me off though, because I, like a month ago or maybe two months ago, I just renewed my Dropbox. Now I've got the 100 gigabyte Dropbox, and uh, I use it all the time. I, I I love Dropbox, but Google Drive is essentially the same thing. They just uh, updated it. Now you get for 100 gigabytes cost you two bucks a month, or one terabyte for 9.99 a month. That's that's really really good or a uh, hundred bucks a month will get you 10 terabytes plus those are that's dirt cheap right that's half of what everybody else costs well at 10 uh, a terabyte that's 120 dollars a year yep that's not much more for online storage you can get if you bought your own personal drive right i know it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous pricing uh, and certainly 
Yeah, 10 terabytes, you'd be, uh, well, as you go up the scale, I mean, for $300, $300 a month, you get 30 terabytes. 30 terabytes of online storage for $300 a month if you're a business. I mean, you could run you could run a serious amount of data on that. You could. My only concern, well, and, and because it's. Yeah, well, yeah. But you, it doesn't have to be necessarily connected online either. No. You could put, you could do your backups there. <laughs> You yeah. in a fairly large database system. You could, you could. That would be your. That's your solution right there. It's your backup, and you just have another computer set up elsewhere, running the same software. It's just going to replicate it over there, even better. Yeah, that's I. The price of storage is definitely coming down, and it has been since day one. Um, cloud storage kind of it seemed to have stayed the same for the last couple of years. So I like the fact that Google is being aggressive here. And uh, I have problems with Google. I mean, you know, Google's customers are their advertisers. They're not us. The consumers are not their advertising or is not their customers. But this is really good pricing. I'm just, it worries me of what you could put on on Google's servers and how they're going to monetize that. Uh, That that is the problem. But the good thing about this from the, from the, point of view people who care about that is that this will drive down the cost of um, cloud storage across the industry so even if google is not particularly your cup of tea and i, I agree with you i've i would have misgivings about putting certain types of data into google drive um even if they're not your thing the uh you can expect that some of the other providers like dropbox and unlike others who some of them have i use um one called spider oak that actually has uh end-to-end security so there's no way even spider oak themselves can can unencrypt my data so because i use mine for business i tend to use that but i paid i think about well it must have been about 120 dollars a year um for um 10 gigabytes I'm thinking. That's not bad. So, well, it's not bad, but the point is, it's substantially, uh, substantially more expensive than what Google have got here. So, if if SpiderOak respond and and either give me more storage or make it cheaper, then I'll be much happier. So, um, I don't think many people will be able to match Google's pricing because of their scale. But nevertheless, this does indicate that we're, we're we seem to be again approaching a point now where cloud storage is going to get substantially cheaper. I mean, how much how much you pay for um for Apple Cloud for iCloud? You know, I don't know. I know it's significantly more, and it's limited. Yeah. Um, I don't think Apple's really competing in this space effectively. Uh, Google also, by the way, for free you get fifteen gigabytes, and mm-hmm. uh, Dropbox is still at ten, or is it five? One of the two. But still, this is these prices are great. Um, yeah. The only thing I really use the the iCloud for is a few documents that I know for a fact I want to access through an iOS device in pages or numbers, and then of course backing up my uh, contacts and my calendars and all that stuff. But otherwise, I, I use Dropbox for almost everything, and I don't yeah. I don't even come close. I mean, right now I'm at. Um, 15% of my Dropbox. Mm. So, but that's still more than the free service. So I, I need to, to pay for it. And yeah. because they always had that, you know, if you refer people, you get 500 megabytes free. So technically I've got, 
um, 108.4. Oh, wait. Yeah, I've, I've got 108 gigabytes, basically. And I've used 15.8%. <laughs> it's not a lot. But I could put more up there. I just don't. And the reason I don't yeah. is because when I migrated my iMac to the SSD, rather than moving all my content over to the SSD, I just put aliases so it points back to the original hard drive, which is much bigger. Yeah. That doesn't work with Dropbox. No. And I didn't want to have everything in Dropbox also on the SSD because it's taking up valuable space. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if I could do that with the Google stuff, though. That'd be interesting. Uh, I don't I don't think so. I don't think it, it gives you that. Alias. It doesn't give you that direct level of access. It's abstracted by their software. Well, yeah, but um, it, everything's like that. But what I did, what I tried to do is put an alias of that folder in the correct spot, but it's just pointing to the other direction. So as, as far as... Yeah. The software is concerned. There's a folder there, and it'll write to it. But it knew it yeah. was an alias, and it didn't work. I'm, I'm not sure whether that work or not. But yeah. uh, I mean, the real the, the real thing that would put me off this is uh, you know that every time you use it, they're going to be saying, "Oh, you, you you're not a member of Google Plus yet. You should be a member of Google Plus." You know, <laughs> it'd be so much easier if you if you if you had your photos in Google Plus as well as on Google Drive. Yeah. Um. You know. So uh, I don't want to. Don't want to use Google Plus. Last thing I wanted to talk about, and I I don't know what it's like in the UK, David, but uh, New Jersey just banned Tesla from selling cars directly to people in New Jersey. Doesn't that sound very un-American to you? Uh, Well, it depends on your perspective, because I I, now that I'm a I'm an aficionado of house of cards i know exactly why that has happened it's because the car lobbyists have prevented tesla from selling directly to consumers well because they the want dealers lobbyists. to sell they, well, it's, they, it's the is the car manufacturer this is the car industry lobbyists no who want to have, it's, want, it's who the want lobbyists the for the dealerships no the, the actually ships yeah the, the the car manufacturers hate the dealerships and they have for a long time and there's laws that prevent uh, GM, Ford, Chrysler, Toyota, whoever, selling directly to consumers that they have to go through a dealership. The problem with the dealerships is um, there, you can only have one dealership in a certain geographical location. That's the law. So that discourages competition. And it's almost impossible. That's stupid. Yeah. It's almost impossible to start a new dealership and dealerships stay in the same families because having that dealership exclusive is worth a lot of money. So you'll see the same failed business owners never leaving worst customer service out there. Uh, lots that look like crap and no competition. And that's why you still can't really buy a car online here in the United States because you have to buy it from a dealership and Tesla is simply not playing the game. They're like, you know what? Screw you then. We won't yeah. sell our cars directly to anyone in New Jersey. Now, Tesla's still uh, an ant <laughs> in size compared yeah. to GM and Toyota and all those. But it's corruption that allows or that disallows them to come in and sell. That's well, pure need, corruption. If you need to lobby legislators to protect your business model, that's never really a good sign, really. No. And you obviously the customers are going to get a lousy deal in those circumstances. Yep. I mean, here in the UK, 
I don't know a huge amount on this, but certainly we don't have laws restricting the geographical <laughs> coverage of a dealership. Um, and most of the UK dealerships I've ever seen actually change brand fairly regularly. Uh, and there is quite a churn over in dealerships. I've seen a few of the groups go bust over the last few years. I've seen some that gone have gone from three for, gone through three or four different brands of car that they sell. Um, and of course, each time they change, you know, it's all new livery and um, sure. all that sort of thing. But but effectively, they they've you know allied with a different car company. Uh, and we we can buy cars online here, and we can buy direct from the manufacturer. Um, most of the most of the manufacturers in the UK tend to sell kind of nearly new cars or ex-lease cars direct rather than brand new ones. Um, for brand new ones, they tend to get, tend to push you towards a dealer because I think they're looking for the, you know, the full customer experience with after sale support and that sort of thing as well. Um, and, and, that, and I don't you know, have a problem with it. What I, ha- what yeah. I have a problem with is corruption, keeping these kind of businesses going and look, it came about in the 50s, 60s, and 70s where uh, people who owned car dealerships were usually very wealthy. And local mm-hmm. politicians wanted that money. And yeah. they got it. And all they had to do was make it a law that the car dealership didn't have to worry about competition. Yeah. That's pure corruption. That's pure Absolutely. graft. And I don't want to pay like too, paint too rosy a picture here because I, I remember quite clearly about... It's been about 15 years ago now. There was a real scandal because people realised that um, obviously the, with the European Union, we meant to have open trade between borders between different European countries. Right. And they realised that you were paying probably around three to four thousand pounds less per vehicle if you bought them on the continent than you were paying in the UK. Right. How is um, that possible? And it took it well. It took European direct legislation to intervene to stop that from happening. Yeah. Because basically, there was an awful lot of garbage that was put around as oh the, you know the cost of doing business in britain is different and blah, 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 when we buy the cars here and we're selling them there and, and right. it's and just a middleman getting Union. more money and that's what the car dealerships are they're all they're yeah. just middlemen and basically what it came down to was there was effectively an industri- industry-wide collusion to artificially fix the prices higher here in the uk than elsewhere in europe well that's exactly because, what's happening in the united you know, states but yeah. the collusion is between lawmakers and dealerships and, and yeah. the automakers don't have any choice. They have to sell their vehicles. That'd be like if your Apple computer, you cannot sell directly to the customer. You can only go to Walmart, but only one Walmart in a certain area can sell your iPads. That's it. And and, yeah. and it's law. It's, it's just not right. And, and because and of the internet know, you, and yeah. communications that we have today, it should be very, very easy to buy a car. People should be coming to your house with the cars that you want to look at. Here's three cars that I want to look at from these three different companies, and they show up at your house, and you can look at all of them. That's an easy yeah. business model, but it will never happen. Why? Because of corruption. And you you know that um, from from working in the computer trade yourself that there are still lines of technology that are sold in the same way that you have to go through the sales channel you can't go direct but that's Try not law laws don't prevent that no, that's no. just agreements but, but, but with all, companies all that, practices but all that's happened there with the car dealerships is that they manage to get in with the politicians and, and and lobby that to happen you're not telling me that cisco and 
Juniper and the other big network manufacturers, for instance, who are in enterprise, wouldn't love to lock down a model like that if they felt they could get away with it. No, because it's not Where usually you good have- for the manufacturer themselves. It's good for the middleman. Because mm-hmm. when you have when you have a middleman and that's all you can deal with, they have way too much power over your business. Uh, the the cost of vehicles are way out of whack compared to the cost of other things nowadays. Uh, especially with manufacturing costs being what they are. Um, the average price of a car here in the United States now is $37,000. That's way more expensive than they should be, especially with the quality that you're getting. Yeah, and um, I must admit for many years in the States, it was always very clear to us that, you know, coming from the UK, that cars were much cheaper there. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm amazed to hear that they've gone up so much. They've they've gone up astronomical. They're they're not in line with the cost of goods, and uh, GDP. But it is what it is, and a lot of that is because of so much corruption in that industry, and this sales lock that they have for new cars. Now, obviously, used cars is a whole different matter. Anybody could sell used cars, um, but for the new cars, that's. It's just the way it is. It's been like that for a long time, and I don't see it changing without companies like Tesla and Elon Musk standing up to the corruption and going, well, then no, people in your state won't get our cars. Now, he's got to go a little farther than that. He's got to educate those customers or potential customers on why they can't buy, and he has to be very aggressive about it. And uh, it may take someone just like him or him directly to get some of these rules and, and laws changed and, and get some of the corruption out of this industry. Yeah. Now, I don't know if tech fan is really the place to be talking about a lot of this stuff because how is this tech related? Well, it's a, it's, it's the Tesla and that's kind of tech news. I don't know why Tesla news became tech news, but it has been since they, maybe it's because they started in Silicon Valley. I don't know, but well, uh, th- those cars are, I mean, Tesla's are pretty much cutting edge, vehicles in Absolutely. terms of technology but more than you know. that david with what we have nowadays the way we can buy stuff from amazon and pretty much anywhere in anything you still can't buy a brand new car without going through a dealer i can't go to a gm's website and purchase a car why it's ridiculous why can't i go to ford chrysler toyota honda and uh, put in what i'm interested in seeing and and it showing up at my door putting in a credit card with GM saying, I want to test drive this vehicle for a week. They charge me a hundred bucks. It shows up within three hours. Someone hands me the keys and I get to test drive that car for a week. Wouldn't that be much more effective selling than a dealership where you have to go out of your way down to some sleazy salesman. Hey, take a look at this. We can get you the the vinyl coating protection yeah. for blah blah blah. Where they, it's oh, all about the up. Well, this this is the thing. The ridiculous thing about dealers is that they don't even make any money on the cars. No, it's the all profits about, they right. make are through selling you finance and through selling you, yeah, um, the upgrades, extra insurance, you know, gap yeah. insurance, and yeah, super guard on the paperwork. Yeah. Oh, you and want the you want the, sort of thing. the Bluetooth in there? Well, that, that's a, a three hundred dollar extra. You know, that's where they make their money. Yeah. Well, and don't don't even get me started on manufacture the price of manufacture extras when when you can buy when you buy a Bluetooth module like ten dollars to get to your laptop. Right. 
why you have to spend three hundred dollars or uh, two and a half thousand dollars for a satellite navigation system when you can write it on your phone for twenty is uh, is beyond me. It really is. A friend of mine that I used to work with named JP bought an, a brand new Subaru, but he bought it through Subaru and actually was flown there. He built the car online with all the things that he wanted. Uh, they flew him. He test drove the car, paid for it, and then they shipped it to the United States. And they said he was, he said he was treated like a king there. He said it was yeah. amazing. He goes, I wish they would do stuff like that here in the United States. And I said, it'll never happen. Never happen. But it could, and it should. And we have the technology to do exactly that. And the car manufacturer would make a lot more money. A lot more money. And consumers would be much more brand loyal. But never happened. No. Say la vie. Nope. Well, we need to get into... Uh we need to get into politics and make it happen. <laughs> David, I appreciate you being here this week. Uh, I, I missed you last week, of course. Uh, you know, it was last minute that I told you that I couldn't do the podcast that day. Uh, yep. Wasn't a fun day at all, but uh, I'm glad no. to be here with you this week, and I look forward to uh, getting back to our normal schedule here. Excellent. Uh, one other thing I wanted to uh, to talk about, before we wrap up here is I will be on the three geeky ladies podcast. It records this Sunday. It'll probably be out next week sometime. Uh, they invited me in as a fan of game of Thrones. They wanted me to come on and talk about that. And, uh, I said, yeah, cool. So that's, we actually record that tomorrow. And, um, uh, you know, if it's, if it's out by the time we record this show, I'll let you guys know, but check out three geeky ladies.com. And it's spelled out. T H R E E three geeky ladies.com. And uh, I'll be on that show um, quickly here. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah. I have, Game to, I have is... to brush up on some of the names on that show, though. <laughs> I, I like the show. I watch it the week it comes out, but I, I don't consider myself like an expert on it. I don't have like, oh, I think this is going to happen. And he did this because of the, I don't, I'm not that into it. But I really like the show. Uh, well, three geeky ladies that into it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm like, they are, hey, Alyssa yeah. said this because of this. <laughs> Suze right. and then Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I look forward to talking to them. I, I like their show, and I like uh, Game of Thrones, so it should be fun. Are you a fan of the show? Sure. Uh no, I have. Um, I've resisted it so far. Probably for the better, because it will suck you in big time. Yeah, I think there's been three seasons so far. Apparently, there's only about um, forty episodes to go before it finishes. Really? It's, yeah, they've, they've committed to. Uh, how was it forty? Was it? Um, yeah. Well, the further further forty episodes are in the bag already. It's it's one of those rare shows where you just know anybody, any character, no matter how big they are, could die at any time. I mean, I, I'm. Yeah, I, 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 think, I was amazed well, at some of the people that were killed on the show. I'm like, does it? What well, does it? Me? Does it? Does it divert from the books though? Because I have no idea. They survive in the books. I don't know. Then they're going to survive in the show. Um, I've never read I, the books. What I, what I think is great about it is it's it's keeping pretty much half of the uh, young British talent um, <laughs> in work <laughs> because they're all English who are on that show, yeah. uh, and they're all getting, they're all getting getting. Um, 
they're all getting great exposure and no doubt a lot of them are going to go on to have big careers well i know the one who plays the young king king joffrey that actor said he after he's done with this role he's going to retire from acting that this is going to be it for him and i thought ka-ching i bet your mind changes here really soon but well, he'll be no, offered I mean, some major villain in a superhero movie. Probably, he'll, pro- he'll probably uh, he'll probably well pursue a career on the stage or something because the uh, he'll just have a good income from the repeats. Yeah, he was the same kid in uh, the Joker Batman movie, or no, in the first Batman movie, uh, The Dark Knight yeah, Rises. Ba- yeah, I didn't know he that he was in Batman. He was in Batman Begins as well, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the one he was in, yeah. where he yeah, looks out the window when yeah. Batman's there. Yeah. yeah. I saw some thing on Facebook about that. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that was him. All right, man, we got to wrap. I will uh, okay. talk to you next week. Speak to you soon. Bye.